We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. DFS Podcast Friday edition for tonight's MLB schedule of games. Hi there, baseball fans. I'm Paul Bruno, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, John McKechnie. We're coming at you today with our best recommendations for your FanDuel roster for Friday night's games. John, any observations on a hot MLB topic or subject that you want to address off the top? Well, obviously, we had the the trade deadline this past week, and uh, there there were a ton of moves, some bigger than others. There were a bunch of kind of Minor ones, it didn't really move the needle so much, but uh, you know, we we saw a lot of teams uh, that were kind of on the cusp of being buyers or sellers, kind of really uh, dig their heels in one way or the other. I think the Yankees uh, ended up getting a lot back uh, for the guys that they ended up trading, uh, you know, with the Chapman deal, and um, I think they got an amazingly good haul from the Indians uh, in the uh, Andrew Miller deal, getting Clint, guy like Clint Frazier, that's uh, considered to be one of the best prospects in baseball. Uh, to get him just for a left-handed reliever, I think is is you know huge for the Yankees moving forward. John and and I want to get your reaction to Luproy moving out of uh, Milwaukee and and where does that leave a guy like Ryan Braun? I mean he he's now a lo- like a lone wolf out there. 
Um, if they're going to trade one, why the heck didn't they move both? That's my thought on that matter. They're both stud players, two of the best players at their respective positions. And if you're going to move one and say, uh, keep the other one, I just think that's, uh, uh, that, that caused me to raise a spocky and eye. That's all I'm going to say. Hi, Brown. Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, I think Braun, it seems like the window's kind of closed on him uh, and the Brewers being able to, to move him for, for what they would uh, be able to really fairly get in return. Uh, you know, whether he's too expensive or he's kind of on the wrong side of 30 with, you know, some kind of nagging back issues that always seem to kind of bite him, uh, at least for a little bit each year. So he's just kind of a tougher guy to move. And Lucroy, you know, and they sent uh, Jeffress uh, down to Texas as well, I believe. So, you know, that was a nice uh, package. And I think that, you know, the Brewers the last two years have been very shrewd with their trades and selling off pieces uh, to, to really build up for the future. So I like what they did. Uh, as sellers as well. What about our clubs, John? I'm uh, I'm thinking that the the Jays are looking like they're all in on this season. They they bolstered the pitching staff. And they're going with a six man rotation now. I don't I don't quite get that, but we'll talk about that a little bit more. I want to get your reaction. In fact, and 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 uh, the specter of Bautista and Encarnacion both playing out their options here. Is it realistic for me to hope that one or, one or both of these guys comes back? And what's your observation from? from where you sit on, the, on, our, on my club and then tell me what you think about what your club did or didn't do at the deadline that, that uh, you have an opinion on. Well, it seems like uh, the Blue Jays, uh, you know, I think Bautista is a guy that re- really wants to get paid what, he, what he's been worth over the past few years, and it's just kind of a tougher sell these days. And same with Encarnacion because both of those guys are getting older, uh, and, you know, even though they're still producing – you know, you, you got you to have to wonder how much longer they're going to be able to be, you know, hitting 30 bombs uh, every single season and how much the Blue Jays are going to want to pay for that, especially when, they, you know, they're going to have all this young talent eventually, you know, uh, getting new co- their new contracts as well, having to, you know, re-sign them. So it, it'll, it will be tough for them to, to sit, keep both of them. And then uh, as far as the Orioles are concerned, uh, you know, watch Wade Miley pitch last night. Wasn't overly impressed one way or the other. Um, he just kind of looked like every other Orioles pitcher this year. You know, five innings, five runs. Uh, the only difference was that he was throwing with his left hand instead of his right hand. That, that really, I mean, everything else looked pretty, pretty much the standard. Uh, and then we also picked up Steve Pierce. I'm, just as a fan, I like Steve Pierce a lot, but I don't think it really necessarily moves the needle a lot for us in terms of what we needed, in terms of uh, speed and... and uh, you know, good defense in the corner outfield. So I don't think the Orioles quite did enough to really uh, push them over the top at the deadline. And and then uh, I want to get your comment on the six-man rotation that was announced. Uh, the starters in Toronto are going to be getting a little bit of extra rest in the short term, at least. Uh, what's your sense there, John? Uh, I've not seen this before. I'm a little older than you, and I can't remember ever it ever happening in my uh, view, but uh, the viability of such a thing, it put, it'll put a strain on the back end of the bullpen at some point, I do believe, and I don't think this is going to last very long. I think they'll see that and transition one of these starters into into uh, a, a relief role, and certainly Liriano's already expressed an interest in helping out in that regard, and, and Sanchez is the wild card. Does he have a real thing about uh, relief pitching versus starting? I, I don't know. I, I think he wanted to be a starter, uh, and, and he's paid as use he feels with the year that he served last year. But what's your sense, again, from a distance? I'm too close to this fire. I don't know. I think you're, you're, you're reading the tea leaves correctly in, in the sense that, uh, you know, it'll, it'll stay the six-man rotation 
until you know something something starts to backfire a little bit and they'll they'll pull the plug on it uh pretty quickly like uh, i think it's something that it, as long as it's working uh they'll stick to it but you know like i said uh i don't think it's uh, necessarily going to be something that we're going to see uh fully executed over the next two months. I think at some point they'll just switch back to the traditional five and then, you know, maybe use Liriano as sort of like that swing man, you know, maybe ask the starter to only go five innings, uh, get Liriano to like eat two to three innings. And then, uh, you know, so that, that would help uh, save the back end of the bullpen, like you mentioned. Yeah. And he, uh, Liriano has a clear conscience cause he's going to be paid next year. Regardless, he's got a big last year, uh, on his on his deal, I think he's going to get twelve, thirteen million out anyway. And I know he's going to be factoring into the starting rotation with the departure of R. A. Dickey at the end of this season. So he wants to be part of the uh, contribution here, and I pre- applaud him for his reaction because it gives the Jays a bit of an uh, another option that I didn't forecast before the trade deadline. So pretty happy about that, and I'm equally happy about the fact that the Boston experiment with Drew Pomerantz is is having the expected early returns that we both forecast. Uh, We both agree that left-handers tend to go to to Fenway Park to die, it seems. Uh, The starters, we we called the price thing early in the season, and and Pomerantz fits right in. I don't understand that move. They probably read too much into the success he enjoyed uh, in the National League, and uh, I think they misread that situation, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, it seems that way, and you knew that... he wasn't going to be able to sustain uh, that insanely high level of production uh, for the whole season, even if he stayed in San Diego, even if he stayed, you know, with Petco as his home park. Uh, so for it, you know, for him to factor in, you factor in the regression regardless, and then you think about him regressing against American League East teams at Fenway Park or other, you know, very hitter-friendly places. And, it, and yeah, it does make sense. And uh, for them to have given up one of their better uh, pitching prospects that's got a sting because of uh, what Pomeranz has looked like uh, thus far in a Red Sox uniform. I think it's going to be a hell of a pennant race between those three clubs, uh, the Orioles, the Jays, and the Red Sox the rest of the way. It's probably going to be the most heated pennant race the rest of the season, but there's a lot to look forward to the rest of the, uh, the major leagues as well. Before we get into the show, John, I want to give a nod to our fans uh, who have taken the time to send us comments about uh, the quality of our efforts. I really appreciate it. We appreciate them as I know you do, and we're consistently hitting good numbers in terms of listenership. And I thank our fans for continuing to to chime in on us and uh, really enjoy working with you. I'll say that on the air, uh, loud and proud, my friend. So let's dive, let's dive into the show and uh, give us your starting pitchers, John. All right, we're starting us off here tonight in the nation's capital. We're going to have the Nationals with Gio Gonzalez taking the mound against uh, Jeff Samarja and the Giants. It's a 7:05 start. Moving up to Pittsburgh, we're going to have Jamison Tyon, a very promising young pitcher uh, with a 3.52 ERA, going against another uh, promising young pitcher in Cincinnati's Anthony Desclafani. He's got a 2.93 ERA and a 6-0 record. That's a 7.05 start. Moving up, uh, we're going to have the Indians with Josh Tomlin taking the mound at an 11-3 record. Really a, a pleasant surprise for them. Uh, against the Yankees and Michael Pineda, coming off a bit of a rough start, but he has been uh, picking things back up a little bit. Overall, I'd say over the last couple months, it's a 7.05 start. Then we're going to have the, the Mets with Noah Syndergaard uh, going out to Detroit to take on Justin Verlander and the Tigers. Kind of an interesting interleague matchup, you know, one that you don't, don't really see too often. That's a 7.10 start. Then we're going to have Minnesota's Irvin Santana taking the mound in the, in the trop, going against Tampa Bay and their promising young lefty, Blake Snell. That's a 7.10 start. And we follow up with uh, the mid-evening games. Uh, 
Baltimore, Giovanni Gallardo. This guy seems to pitch five innings every time out for you guys, and, and yep. he gets the win sometimes, he gets the loss, but he, he's not what I call an inning eater. Uh, he nope. faces the White Sox and Miguel Gonzalez, who has a 2-5 and five mark with a 4.06 ERA at 8-10. Then uh, Texas, with their uh, an even stronger offensive lineup than they came into the All-Star break with and uh, the trade deadline, they got Martin Perez with a 7-7 seven and seven mark, uh, looking to get the win in Houston against a guy who I'm going to beat up on today in today's show, Dallas Keuchel, last year's uh, Cy Young Award winner who's well off that pace. That's an 8-10 start. Then uh, Toronto gives Francisco Liriano his uh, Toronto Blue Jay debut tonight. He's coming into this game with a 6-11 and mark and a high 5.46 ERA, looking to be rejuvenated with uh, the specter of a pennant race that he wasn't expecting against Kansas City, a team that will not defend their World Series championship this year. I'll go out on the limb and say that. Dylan G, 3-5 and mark. Uh, this converted uh, reliever has had a rough time as a starter. That's an 8-15 start. Atlanta, Joel De La Cruz, 0-3 with a 3.80 ERA into St. Louis against Jaime Garcia, 7-8 and 4.30 mark for the ERA and an 8.15 start. And uh, Miami with David Phelps and a 5-5 five five mark with a 2.85 ERA into Colorado in that homer haven against Jorge De La Rosa, a 7-7 seven seven record with a 5.51 ERA, 8.40 start. The later evening starts are up to you, John. All right, wrapping us up for the evening, we're going to have Milwaukee's Chase Anderson going against his former team, actually, the Arizona Diamondbacks out in the desert. Uh, Diamondbacks are going to have Braden Shipley, one of their best young pitching prospects, taking the hill. That's a 940 Eastern start. Then moving up to the Bay Area, we're going to have John Lester facing his old club, uh, the Oakland A's. Uh, that's a 10.05 start. Oakland's going to have Dylan Overton taking the mound. He's got a 9.33 ERA. That'll be something that we uh, take a look at a little bit closer as the show goes on. Then we're going to have uh, the Angels with Tim Lincecum, 2-5 and five with an 8.49 ERA, going against Seattle's King Felix. Uh, that's a 3.46 ERA, 5-4 and four record. Uh, that's a 10.10 start. Then we're going to have Boston with Stephen Wright, the knuckleballer, 12-5 and five record, uh, going to Dodger Stadium to face Scott Casimir and the Dodgers. That's a 10-10 start. Then wrapping us up for the evening, we're going to have Philadelphia with Jeremy Hellickson going on the hill against San Diego and Christian Friedrich. That's a 10-40 start. Okay, Johnny Mack, let's get into it, beginning with your starting pitchers. Tell us who do you like and why, and I'll counter with my pick as usual. All righty, I'm going to start off here with uh, Anthony Desclafani of the Reds. Uh, he's priced only at 7900 And, you know, just from a base, baseline uh, production in terms of FanDuel points, uh, he actually is averaging 35.2 FanDuel points per start. That's actually a better mark than guys like John Lester, King Felix, and Dallas Keuchel, you know, guys that are priced a, a good bit ahead of him tonight. Uh, he hasn't lost a game this year either, which, you know, I know a lot of, you know, the true seam heads don't really love the, the way that the wins and losses are calculated for pitchers. But I think it goes to show that Descalfani keeps his team in games every single time he takes the mound. So that, that's what we're really looking for here when, when the win bonus may not mean a lot to, you know, just like I said, like the, the true baseball people. But in a FanDuel context, the win is huge. So we got to have that factored in. And then I think one kind of thing that hasn't really been talked about enough this year is, is the Pirates kind of demise. They have the fifth worst uh, weighted on base uh, since the All-Star break. They're bang, barely hanging on in the playoff race, sitting at 500 uh, with the negative run differential. Um, and then, you know, Descalfani's going to be going up against a young guy in Jameson Tyon, uh, who might be uh, 
susceptible to, to some serious offense tonight because the Reds actually have the fifth best uh, weighted on base since the All-Star break. So I like my chances of Disco's chances to get in the win tonight. Well, and I'm going to stay in the same area code as you in terms of price on the pitchers tonight with Irvin Santana, a guy that I thought, quite frankly, was going to be dealt at the deadline, too. The, the twin starter, he's allowed two runs or less in seven of his last eight starts, and not too many pitchers on, on any game they can say that. Tonight, he, and, and you pointed this out, this is a night where my guy and your guy both factor in. We can make the case that while we're spending a lot less than some of the other big names, we see some really good value here, and I'm going to continue to build the case here with, with Santana. He gets to face the Rays at team that ranks second to last in runs scored in the American League, and he's been backed by an offense that rolled three 10-plus games in their last series in Cleveland. So his opposite number, Blake Snell, Blake Snell has a whip of over 1.5 in his last eight starts, and this is, this is a game that clearly features pitchers whose performances are going in opposite directions, and all those numbers point to a Twins win with the key W going to Santana, in my opinion. You know, John, we've been lucky to, to be doing this uh, with the support of FanDuel and Rotowire, for that matter, all season long. We've had a hell of a great time, and we want to remind our viewers and listeners that uh, the MLB season is here, and that means Daily Fantasy Baseball is back. We want everybody to go to FanDuel.com, where building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just a dollar. Anyone can play. John, we'll take a minute or two here. to. The, I want to discuss a little bit more about the Blue Jays. You have a thought that you want to want launch at me, though, so go ahead. I do. Um, you know, at, at a certain point, uh, there's just too much noise, and you, you kind of have to address it. Jay Happ leads the, leads the major leagues and wins. He's got 15 of them so far, and, you know, we got about two months left, so that's, you know, eight, eight starts maybe left. I mean, I guess a uh, six-man rotation might, might cut that down a little bit, but he's got a real shot at being a 20-game winner, and there aren't going to be too many other guys that can really say that this time around. So do you think Hap has a legitimate shot at, at maybe taking uh, the AL Cy Young this year? Well, I certainly do, and you can really build the case. Going back to halfway through last season when he was dealt to Pittsburgh, that's when things, I guess a light bulb went on at some point, John, out there, mm-hmm. because he, he uh, when his first go-around with the Blue Jays, I got, I got really sick and tired of this guy because he would give up the walks, and he was so slow, and, and I'm all about pace of game, and I think that's a real big factor for pitchers that they want to stay in a groove uh, be quicker about it. it. It seems to me when you right. slow down, it seems like too many, too much thinking is going on, and you get a bit of a out of out of a routine that that uh, takes away from the best performance that you can offer. He turned that around in Pittsburgh, and he's just kept it up this year in Toronto. And he's certainly been backed by that. That offense has really kicked into gear in the last little while, but. Right now, you seem to you can wind him up every night, and he gives you that six or seven innings, gives you the high strikeout total, and keeps uh, the whip down. So it's a great combination. It's winning a winning combination with the 15 Ws already under his belt. He's well on his way to a career best uh, campaign, and uh, certainly should be in the Cy Young comp, uh, comp discussion. But he might not be the only Blue Jay pitcher. I'm, I'm looking at uh, Sanchez to be considered as well. The guy's 10 and one, and he's uh, one of the top guys in ERA. So there quite could be quite the discussion even in. Uh, among Toronto media types to say, who do we vote for here? Uh, and that might split things uh, locally and maybe around the American League. They might feel the same way because they got to pick one Jays pitcher and it could be a house divided if these guys both continue to, to lock horns in a positive way for the club's output. So going to be a fun situation to watch uh, as a fan of the Jays. But uh, there are certainly a lot of other candidates. Uh, certainly Keuchel is a guy like, uh, he, he did the same thing last year, a lefty that bucked the trend. Uh, lefties in a, in a righty-dominated 
hitting situation in the, in the major leagues don't seem to thrive too much, but we've seen a few of them do very well in the last couple of years. Uh, Keuchel and uh, Price certainly at the top of that list. Maybe Hap continues that trend this year. Yeah, and I think it, it is interesting you bring up uh, the the team context here. Uh, I think part of uh, an important part of the Cy Young is being on a good team. Uh, so that that kind of like, it's got to ding a guy like uh, Chris Sale or. Uh, it's funny, Jose Quintana actually leads the American League in wins above replacement uh, for pitchers, and Michael Fulmer's right behind him, uh, both at 4.1. And you have three different starters that are leading different categories. You know, Hap is the leader in wins. Estrada's uh, the leader in whip. He's got a sub-one whip, the only starter in the American League with, the, with uh, that sort of mark. And then Sanchez has the best ERA at 271. So it really is just an embarrassment of riches in that rotation that, that I think doesn't really quite get enough uh, love from the national media because uh, maybe not all three of those guys are total household names yet, but I mean they're they're producing like it. So it is going to be interesting to see how that's how this all shakes out. But I think Hap, I mean, if he keeps it up, he's got to at least be in the discussion. I agree with you, and uh, right now smiling like the the cat that swallowed the canary because <laughs> I do appreciate the fact that we have a depth in pitching that we haven't had here for years. But uh, back to FanDuel and our friends there. We want to remind everybody that. Uh, we want you to join over one million other users who play already won money with FanDuel, as you and I have. It's never too, too late to join, uh, and, and we want you to come back and play with me every day over at FanDuel.com. Go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use my code RWPOD and sign up now. There's a special offer that got amended this past week, John. It's even better. For new users, they get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $10 deposit. You must sign up with my promo code RWPOD. That's over $60 in value for just 10 bucks. Don't forget to use my code RWPOD. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel.com. Sign up today. All right, my friend, let's get into our position-by-position picks. Who do you like at the, at the catcher spot? Well, lately I've kind of been finding myself less and less inclined to, to pay up for catchers. Um, it just really seems like a lot of the time you can end up paying well north of 3000 for for a guy that's, you know, the seventh or eighth best hitter in like on their team. So for me, I'm just going to kind of punt it uh, tonight. I'm going to go with Martin Maldonado of the Brewers because uh, now that he's getting regular playing time that, that uh, Lucroy's gone, he's actually been hitting pretty well. Um, he has uh, put he's put up six or more FanDuel points uh, in five of his last six games. Uh, he's you know had s- several kind of bigger games in that stretch as well. So I think the regular at bats is, is allowing him to kind of get into a much better rhythm. Uh, and he's going against a guy in Shipley in sort of a bandbox stadium. Uh, so I, you know those are good factors you know in terms of uh, the extra base hit potential that you know because that field is so wide open. If he gaps one, you know there there's two maybe maybe three bags right there and you know so on and so forth so i'm gonna go with maldonado 2400 just kind of uh play the punt with a little bit of upside there wow you've got a cheap pitcher you punted the catcher spot you must be spending big bucks elsewhere i haven't looked at your lineup we we tend not to do that to each other before <laughs> the show so i'm really looking forward to seeing where the big dollars are spent i'm going uh-huh. a little going a little higher john with my pick at the catcher spot wilson ramos of the nats for 3100 bucks I'm going to go with a guy who leads all receivers with a 10.8 point per game uh, average in FanDuel. That's that's based on the fact that he's wielding a particularly hot stick over the last nine games. 
he's been very consistent all year long, but he's produced 40, four multi-hit games, six extra base hits, including three homers and nine RBIs in the last nine games. That's a lot of crooked numbers for this modest price. And I also note that he faces a pitcher in Jeff Samarja who's seen his whip on the rise while his strikeout rate has dropped over his last eight starts. So this could be a good night for Ramos and, and his fans to get some more points out of him. Your first base pick. This is where the money starts to get spent. Um, I'm going to go with Paul Goldschmidt here. Stay in that same game. Uh, you know, I don't have to talk a ton about Goldschmidt to, to convince you why he's a good play. I mean, he's literally a top three player in terms of a position player in all of baseball, in my opinion. He's just having an un- another unbelievable season. He's so remarkably consistent. Uh, his splits uh, are basically identical at home and on the road, but Chase Field is actually where his power really uh, comes through. 12 of his 17 home runs have come there. Uh, he's going to be going against a guy in Chase Anderson that can definitely give up the long ball, uh, even if he is a right-handed pitcher uh, going against a right-handed batter. I still think Goldschmidt uh, is really, it, you really have to strongly consider him today, and he's not even the most expensive first baseman. I think that that matchup is, is too good for me to pass up. You know, Gold, guys like Goldschmidt, you got to kind of pick your battles as to when you're going to pay up for them because you really do need that nice return. But I think tonight's one of those nights where I can justify it. You know what? Goldie is a guy that I've come to watch a little more closely since I have relatives in Arizona, and I vouch for what you're saying. This guy doesn't get his due, uh, even though he's regarded as one of the best players in baseball. He may be right there with Mike Trout, in my opinion, as the guy at the top mm-hmm. of the ladder. He's that good, that consistent, has all the power that you want. And and people forget that this guy can steal a bag or two as well. Exactly. He, he got nearly 20 last year, so uh, a fine pick, and I can't believe it comes in at 4200 bucks. so that's a smart move by you to, to use some of that excess cash there. I'm going to counter with Mike Napoli of Cleveland with 30, for 3400 bucks. It's hard to ignore a guy, John, who's produced five homers and collected nine, nine RBIs, scored eight runs, all in his last six games. This tear is only marginally better than what he's been doing for the past month, though, where his OBP has just been a shade under... Uh, his on-base percentage has been a shade under 400 for over wow. his last 111 at-bats. He faces Michael Pineda, who has seen his whip and homer rate increase to career highs this season, a season that's rapidly getting away from the Yankees' uh, hurler. All I can say is, in MLB's version of Rock, Paper, Scissors, John, is hot beats cold, and that's why Napoli's in my lineup tonight. Yep, I like that. Second base, who do you got? I'm going to go with your guy, Devin Travis. This, I, I think I'm setting a personal record for, for complimentary Blue Jays comments <laughs> in, in today's show. But, uh, you know, what? I'm good with it. I'm, Checks uh, in the mail. <laughs> perfect. Um, so, you know, Travis, he's a right-handed guy that, that hits, you know, in a, in a really nice uh, hitter's park at the Rogers Center. But it's amazing how good his splits are against righties and how good his splits are uh, when he's on the road. And tonight he's facing a guy in Dylan G, a right-hander that, you know, as you mentioned, he's sort of a tweener in terms of his role. He sometimes gets these spot starts, rarely go well. Uh, sometimes he's using long relief. Also, not great results there. So Travis, he's got, he hits 306 uh, with all seven of his home runs this year have come against righties. And he's hitting 343 on the road uh, with a 517 slugging percentage. So for, to get him uh, with that kind of upside at 2,700 when, when like, all those factors are going in his favor, uh, I think he's got to be probably the cheapest uh, viable second base option uh, tonight. So that makes him really hard uh, to pass up for me. 
Again, kudos for that pick. I counter with a guy that I cannot stand. He's he's uh, <laughs> Dustin Pedroia of the Red Sox, thirty four hundred bucks. Yeah, he's similar to the Rangers second baseman, who shall remain nameless. Maybe I've I, I think uh, I have a thing against these uh, dirt bags. I don't know. In any case, <laughs> I admit to a grudging admi- admiration here for a veteran who keeps up his role as an igniter of this deep offense. He's been a little quiet of late, John, which makes me think that he's overdue for a big night in a season where he's already produced more extra base power than all of it, all of last season. He's hitting 300 on the year, which is a, has been a career benchmark. I point to his 22 for 43 history with an OPS of 1.44 against Scott Casimir tonight's opposing starter as the most favorable and significant batter versus pitcher history on today's board. And that's really the main reason I'm going for this pick, Pedroia, for 3400 bucks at second base. Your third base pick. Before I get into my third base pick, another thing that I think makes Pedroia extra is interesting tonight is, you know, they're going to be playing in a National League park, so there's no David Ortiz. And I noticed last night that um, the Red Sox offense has been struggling a little bit and, you know, just kind of following all these uh, Red Sox beat writers like I do, they kind of mentioned that uh, it was an old trick of Terry Francona's to, to slide Pedroia to the cleanup spot. Uh, to kind of get that offense going. Like you mentioned, he's kind of an igniter in that offense. So, I mean, you have a chance here, especially with Ortiz probably sitting out tonight uh, um, because he can't play defense whatsoever. Um, you might see Pedroia hitting fourth again against a lefty that he's had a ton of career success against. So I really like that Pedroia pick as well. But I'm going to go, uh, as far as my third base uh, is concerned, I'm going to go with Pedro Alvarez of uh, my Baltimore Orioles. Uh, since June 1st, Alvarez has... 13 home runs, 25 RBI, uh, 310 batting average, and an OPS just under 1,000. That's, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, I like all of that. It's and, just uh, in. Oh. <laughs> no bad numbers there. <laughs> does not suck. But, uh, yeah, so <laughs> pretty good uh, numbers over, over a decent sample size there. And then since the break, he has seven bombs, 978 OPS. Uh, he's facing a right-hander in, in Miguel Gonzalez uh, who – He's got to come back to earth at some point, and he, he already has an ERA above four, but I think uh, we haven't seen a meltdown from him yet, and I think it, it could definitely be on the way, and Alvarez is a guy that, that's kind of been keeping the offense afloat of late while guys like Chris Davis and Mark Trumbo have really struggled, um, so I, I really like the, the hot bat here with, with Alvarez. Uh, he slugs 570 off right-handers, so at 3,400, pretty nice uh, you know, kind of mid-tier price for a guy that, that has that kind of pop-up side. And I'm going to go with one of my favorites. If people have been listening to our show, they're not going to be shocked when I pull up Adrian Beltre. But I'm doing it because he's only 3000 bucks tonight, John. If, uh, I know he's a personal favorite, but I like the power hitter who has a high contact rate. He's one of those poster boys in his last several, several years. And for this right uh, price, I throw him in there because he mashes lefties with this year being no exception, as we note, an OPS of almost 900 against Southpaws this season. Tonight, he and his mates are poised to face Dallas Keuchel who has seen his whip rise along with his home run rate while his strikeout for nine innings rate has dropped, all contributing to a very subpar season for the defending Cy Young winner. He definitely won't repeat that feat this season and could get it lit up big time by Beltre in a deep Texas offense tonight. Your shortstop pick, pal. Shortstop pick, I believe this is my first time uh, picking this guy on the air at least. Uh, Javier Baez of the Cubs checking in at 2,700, going against Oakland. Uh, so Baez isn't like this complete monster uh, force on, on offense, 
at this point in his career. He's still young, kind of figuring things out. But his numbers against lefties are, are absolutely worth considering. And he's going against a guy in Dylan Overton, like I mentioned. Uh, he's got an ERA above nine. So uh, I'm paying attention to that. Baez hits 349 with a 974 OPS off of southpaws. And Overton, you know, like I mentioned, 933 ERA. His whip is above two, which I don't think I've seen uh, from anybody th- this year. Uh, so that, that's pretty uh, remarkable. Um, right, he's allowing uh, a 397 batting average against right-handers. I mean, that, that's just it's got to be too good to pass up, right? I mean, and, and Baez, Baez, especially if you want to if you want to stack some Cubs against Overton, which is probably a pretty smart move tonight. Baez is one guy that gives you some cap relief because you know the prices for a lot of the other Cubs kind of hiked up. You know, like Fowler's in the 4,000 range type of deal, but Baez at 2,700 is a really nice way. Uh, to get a piece of uh, that Cubs action going against uh, probably the worst pitcher on the slate tonight. Geez, a whip over two. That that means he should probably consider starting to throw underhanded, I think. <laughs> Francisco, I'm going to count, counter with Francisco Lindor of Cleveland for 3500 bucks. John. Lindor has pretty much duplicated his outstanding rookie season numbers already with another stellar campaign to rank among the best offensive shortstops in all of the game. He's a guy who's been very consistent, as these numbers indicate, and evidence is just in his last 10-game sample, he's collected 13 safeties. It's no wonder that he ranks among the highest in terms of Fanville's point per game with a season-long average of 11.2. Another rock, paper, scissors commentary here. With Pineda on the mound for the Yankees, I say consistent beats inconsistent. I'm I'm happy to put 3,500 on Lindor. Your three outfielder picks. The outfield crowd tonight I thought was kind of an interesting one to parse out. I feel like usually... You and I are kind of able to to look through and you know kind of get these big names uh, going, but I just the pricing for me kind of uh, threw me off a little bit tonight. So I'm going with some kind of odd picks here. I'm going first off Tyler Naquin of the Indians. He's sitting at 3,300, kind of like you said, uh, going against a guy in Pineda that uh, he's he just hasn't been overly effective of late, and he he always has that potential to to really let you down. Um, I think. Uh, this guy, Paul Spore, who helps contribute to the website, uh, he, he was tweeting about Pineda, saying to the, to the effect of, the second you start to trust Pineda that he's coming around, that's when he gives up five runs again. So I think that that's that sort of uh, mentality that I'm looking at tonight. Naquin's a guy that hits 339 with the 1.046 uh, OPS against righties. So uh, those, are, those are amazing numbers. You know, as a left-handed bat with some power, uh, in Yankee Stadium with that short uh, porch in right field. I think that there's a lot to like about Naquin tonight at 3,300. And then I'm going to move down to 3,200, go with Billy Hamilton. Uh, he's got a respectable 260 average against righties this season. He'll be facing that young righty in Jamison Tyon. And I think it's really important to note that uh, Hamilton absolutely victimizes uh, right-handed pitchers uh, once he gets on base. Uh, he has 29 of his steals this year have come against right-handers, just because you know that they, they got the back face, uh, they got the back to Hamilton at first base, and he just can, uh, can just launch uh, and get to second base so easily. So he's got the he's got the stolen base potential. He's got the potential to you know come around to score on a on just kind of a routine base hit. So I'll take him at 3,200, and then Corey Dickerson. Uh, of the Rays at 3,200, uh, he's a boomer bust guy. I'll, I'll, you know, be flat out with that. Uh, pretty much all or nothing. You, you know, if he gets into one, 
then then he hits value. But if he if he doesn't, you know, there, there's a very low chance of him uh, getting on base or stealing a base or anything of that nature. But he's facing a right-hander. I know it's your pitching pick of the night, but uh, Diggerson does have all 15 of his home runs this year against right-handed pitching, so he's very comfortable with that. Usually hits cleanup when he's in the lineup. So I'll, I'll take a chance on him, roll the dice a little bit, just to, uh, you know, under the assumption that he's not going to be particularly highly owned. I might like to put a dollar on that, a Canadian dollar, that is. All right. <laughs> we'll see. My three outfielders picks, John. Uh, Max Kapler of the Twins, he's on fire of late for 3900 oh, bucks. He's uh, one of the leaders of a suddenly hot twin- Twinkies offense. Kepler gets a nod here because he's, he's really raking right now. He's collected 18 hits in his last 47 at-bats, and he's also hit for power with five homers, 13 ribbies, and 15 runs scored all in the last two weeks. I like him to get a piece of the aforementioned Blake Snell as I ride another hot stick here. My second outfielder pick, another of my personal favorites, and Carlos Beltran of the Rangers. Like Beltre, he's my kind of power hitter. He's also on a power tear with four homers while batting 333 in his last 51 ABs. Now that he's moved into that stacked Rangers offense, he figures to be even more productive down the stretch. He's always been a tough out, but now he's going to be motivated by an unexpected pennant race opportunity, yeah. and he gets a good chance to pad those stats against the struggling Keiko tonight. And finally, I got to throw a Blue Jay into the mix myself. Michael <laughs> Saunders for 3500 bucks. I'm going to build the case, John. Don't laugh. He's second. He's my second batter who's not really among the hottest hitters of late. So why would I put him in there? It's a bit of a departure from my normal strategy, but I pick him in this spot because he's proven to be a good spray hitter with power to all fields. And that will come into play in the spacious outfield in Kauffman Stadium. I also like this matchup tonight because we, I've been burying... Uh, uh, pitchers today, and I'll throw Dylan G under the bus with with uh, the fact that uh, he's a converted relief pitcher who's been hammered consistently since starting in each of his last seven appearances with a high whip that could go a lot higher tonight. I say Saunders continues his strong comeback campaign with a big game tonight, and the Jays could roll up a big number, maybe even double figures. Who's your pick of the day, John? Got to go with Pedro Alvarez here. I think that the you know I, I was really. Um, I felt really good about his his uh, numbers after the break, uh, but looking back and, and seeing that he's he has actually been uh, hitting for average and getting on base since June 1st, that you know that kind of tells me that uh, this isn't just a, a little flash in the pan. This is you know kind of we're seeing uh, the kind of player that Pedro Alvarez uh, used to be, the kind of player that that the Orioles hoped they were getting uh, when they went out and got him, and you know as a kind of a left-handed. Uh, specialist bat off the bench, uh, but now he's, you know, we're using him in the DH role most of the time. Uh, now that the whole infield is healthy, I just think that he's getting all these regular at bats and it's really helped him out a lot. And uh, I think the matchup against Miguel Gonzalez is, is a really uh, favorable one as well. So I think uh, Pedro's my pick to click for the day. And I'll go with my, one of my favorites, Adrian Beltre for 3000 bucks, facing a lefty who struggled for much of this year in the middle of that potent Ranger, Ranger offense, a $3,000 price tag. Are you kidding me, John? This, this is too easy for me to pass up when one of my favorites fits that price tag. So I think we've given uh, a lot of food for thought as we try to do on a weekly basis. And uh, We'll wind it up there. So there you have it. For John McHechney, I'm Paul Bruno, and we wish you good luck with your FanDuel picks. Come back to listen to our podcast on a daily basis to get an edge on the competition. So long, everybody.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.